Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Hi, my name is Willie King and welcome to The Bigger Picture. Stocks slumped on Friday with the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 came down for a fourth straight session and notched their worst weeks since March. This came as traders booked profits following the latest corporate earnings releases and US jobs data. The Dow lost 0.5%, the S&P 500 shed 0.5% and the Nasdaq Composite dipped 0.36%. Last day marked the final day of what's been the busiest week of second quarter earnings season and so far earnings reports this season for the quarter ended in June have continued to surprise Wall Street analysts as expected slowdown in profits proved less than feared. So you have Amazon.com climbed over 8%. You have Apple dropped almost 5% at its outlook sparked worries over slower demand. And you have investors having received more clues into the state of the labour market with last Friday's payrolls report. Yet despite the cooler jobs data report, average hourly wages pointed towards more inflation and came in ahead of expectations. With the US stock market trading across US jobs data and the balance between the markets, what's there to unpack? We are looking at this week's data here. I have with me Oriano Lidza, sales trader, sales trader of CMC Markets. Hey, good morning, Oriano. How are you? Good morning, really. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm well. Thank you, yourself. It's always good to see you back on the show again. So, I mean, last week we have um, talking about U.S. stocks and you're talking about some of the big tech trading mix. You have Apple drop almost 5%, Amazon climbed over 8%. But I just want to take a step back first because last week you had also the U.S. downgrade from Fitch. So I just want to just look on the credit rating here, you know, where Fitch has downgraded um, U.S. credit rating from AAA to AA+. What does this mean for the U.S. markets? Yeah, I think it's an interesting time for uh, the downgrade to occur, given obviously the positivity in the market. Um, it did obviously show some signs of market instability over the past sort of month, month and a half. We've obviously seen uh, somewhat uh, mini sort of bull run where the equity markets have defied uh, inflationary concerns. Um, but what I think it also does um, highlight is concerns surrounding fiscal instability. So. I think sometimes, uh, you know, as investors, including myself, we often have short memories, and we can't we can't <laughs> negate or forget that the U.S. government did step in, um, you know, prior to you know interest rate hikes by stimulating the economy. So the natural debt, uh, you know, provisions and natural uh, debt hikes uh, have increased over some time. So this kind of exposed you know, a potential sort of concern surrounding a credit crunch. Mm-hmm. And as we saw in terms of the markets themselves, um, the dollar itself was a little bit softer as well as the wider equity market. Um, I guess I guess that then highlights, uh, you know, there was talk uh, about uh, three to four weeks ago regarding decoupling, regarding uh, in, in relation to the dollar. So if the, you know, if they, if these dollar softens continue, we do see a move away from that as the, you know, global reserve currency. So a couple of interesting, I guess, things to anecdotes to sort of consider. Um, Mark, in my opinion, somewhat overheated and, and, and a little bit exhausted. So mm. this, 
you know, the last few days where we saw sort of minor pullbacks, um, I think is quite in line with uh, where the market should be. Mm. So it's really a lot on, you know, just nice the US downgrade from Fitch um, sort of came in line with how the market have reacted here. Now, mm. I'm just going to sort of move on into the macro picture here because today is Monday and we have a couple of um, data coming out as well. Um, in fact, last week we saw jobs data, 187,000 jobs data added in July, which was less than the 200,000 pulled by Dow Jones. And also the unemployment rate also ticked lower to 3.5% from 3.6%. So so with the non-farm payrolls numbers are out, how did the market react here? I think I think it, it reacted, uh, you know, sort of uh, accordingly. Uh, really the, um, you know, I think we, we have these two these two job sort of da- uh, data points uh, generally, you know, one after the other. The first was ADP on Thursday, which is, is mm. more labour focused. So naturally, in the US, what we have seen um, is a lot of, you know, unfortunately, job cuts in, in the major sort of uh, tech sector tech sectors and that has obviously led to a bit of concern but not to say those, those, those potential employees are moving into labour but that's where I think there is that dislocation. A lot more labour is getting a lot more uh, of a look in where people are trying to stay employed so that's why you see those in, those numbers heavily inflated from an mm. ADP perspective but from non-farm payrolls which the market tends to digest as a more accurate indicator they're coming somewhat in line. Um, looking at um, that wage growth and in terms of, you know, where, what is that sort of s- suggesting to us? Unlike some of the other developed countries sort of in the region like Australia, mm. um, where the, the wage force has grown considerably, there can be a long-term uh, concern about stability and affordability for smaller companies. So, you know, if people are trying to keep their, you know, workforce intact, but, you know, wages are growing, like how long is that going to be sustained for? So, yeah, it's interesting to see that, you know, the US seems a little bit more stabilised and some of these data points are coming in line. Naturally, that had an impact to yields as well. Um, which do remain inverted, which is something I've been monitoring for a little while now. Um, obviously, it is a major bellwether for recessionary concerns. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts in this particular cycle of the economy. So for a lot of investors, it's you know although they want to remain optimistic, I think they do <laughs> still also need to remain realistic with some of the uh, you know some some of the, the information coming up. That's a really good point, Race. I mean, before we go on to investors' expectations, I just want to bring sure. um, our attention into the into China. I mean, we are also talking about inflation data coming out this week, in the middle of this week. And the thing about China is that it, it is expected to show a drop in consumer prices amidst concerns over the outlook for the world's second largest economy. I mean, if you think about it from last year, it has the unexpected release of its zero COVID policy. And a lot, the market has been expecting China to post a strong recovery this year. But you know, that, that seems to be um, going in the opposite direction here. So in your view here, are there signs of a recovery post-lockdown? Yeah, I think I think this is the uh, elephant in the room for a lot of the uh, the rest Definitely. of the world, right? Because of the, because of the reliance from a demand perspective um, on China, um, so many of the other global nations are looking to them for some sort of support or indication in terms of timelines as to when or where they might come out of this post-lockdown recovery or alternatively when the government will step in. There has been talks uh, surrounding additional stimulus, Mm. um, a lot of of different talks to really sort of drive that uh, 
post-COVID lockdown and really get those demand supplies um, out into the wider market. But we really haven't seen China, I guess, sort of, you know, make any sort of concrete decisions or conviction. One other thing I think, and whether I'm right or wrong, is that I do also think that because of because they have this wild card in terms of you know the demand that the rest of the economy as a global economy leans on them for is that they may be waiting to see how the other developed nations come out of these partic- their particular scenarios whether mm. it's the US whether it's Europe before they show their hand at, at the end of the day they do have this you know expectation or uh, that they will come out of it sooner rather than later but they might be looking at the methods and the approaches that the other uh, developed economies are taking before actually making any concrete steps yeah so it's a lot like a wait and see approach here yeah exactly I've been in conversation with Oriano Liza, sales trader of CMC Markets. Oriano, I just want to also ask you another question here on investors Mm. here. Since we're talking about a macro, should investors be also switching? I mean, we have been talking about fish downgrade, um, switching their attention to the looming credit crunch instead, rather than looking at inflation. Yeah, I think I think it's a good question. Where a lot of look, we all get we all tend to get fixated on you know the top headline um, information, but naturally, in a any kind of market structure, there is other you know moving parts. So I think, for example, in terms of the credit crunch, what we are seeing with credit crunches, they often laggard. So you know, let's use the U.S. banking crisis for example. Mm. Now. That banking crisis happened. There was naturally a knock-on effect or a knee-jerk reaction to the equity market. But where the actual, I guess, impact happens is probably sort of nine to 12 months later. So if we look at, you know, lending and also with, let's use banks, for example, they have provisions for bad debt. But we would only ever see those being impacted once consumers or businesses who have been borrowing begin to be defaulting. So I guess what the, the angle that I'm looking at it from specifically is that there is concern in terms of timing that if this credit crunch collides with, you know, uh, inflationary or you know, small recessionary concerns, that we then have a cascade effect and the potential downside is accelerated. So, um, you know, for, the, for quite some time now, the banks, be it locally or, you know, uh, globally, have been uh, the sort of chief benefactors of these high interest environments. Their net interest margins have been increasing over time. But should borrowers be, begin to start defaulting, then obviously that, that, that then impacts their bottom line. And that's something we wouldn't see for, like I said, sort of nine to 12 months. Mm. Okay, just to wrap, wrap things up here, Oriano, just one quick one here. Are the equity markets still offering value or should investors look at, at other alternative for returns? Yeah, this is, this is, this is where my, my point, going back to my point in terms of exhaustion, overheating, my, 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 uh, overheating, sorry. My concern is that a lot of the stocks uh, especially in the tech and sort of, you know, this AI space, which have been the big catalyst for this recent run higher. Yep. Um, some of their valuations have been considerably um, higher. And these, this is this is sort of reflective of, um, you know, periods during the COVID period where valuations were sky high. Um, but this, the sustainability of those, of the particular moves in those particular stocks were very short term. So from an investment standpoint, it's fine if you if you got in at the right time, but for a lot of investors, you know, unfortunately, they timed the market incorrectly and, get, and, got, and got caught out at the high. So that's something that investors need to be sort of wary of. Um, also, be wary of getting too vested into the equity market and not having, you know, 
uh, liquidity when when should the market or when the market turns. Mm. Often investors, you know, they, they 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 don't diversify enough, and then they get kept. Then when the real opportunity comes, um, when maybe some of those stock valuations uh, decline and there's value to be had, uh, then that then obviously you, you need the capital to deploy. In terms of markets or other opportunities where, where yep. potentially I see some value, um, I think the energy markets, uh, we've seen a, a recent uh, rally last six weeks. They've been gradually inching higher and sustainably. I think that's the most important takeaway here. They're not going in a sort of parabolic or exponential fashion. Um, and what we have seen in the past, if, uh, should a recession ensue or some sort of uh, market correction ensue, is that often fund flow goes into these energy markets. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Oriano. We have been speaking with Oriano Liza, sales trader of CMC Markets. It's been great chatting with you again, Oriano. Take care, really. All the best. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.